Well, uh, I've kind of already shared a little of my testimony today. I'm, I'm thankful that, uh, that we were aligned on us feeling like God was calling Cassie and Pros here and that they were feeling that. And, um, and again, just it all just depends on his job and making sure that he can nail a job down here. So just continue to be praying for that. Um, does anybody else have a word of testimony? I've just heard too many this morning that, that I'd be remiss if I didn't say, give an opportunity for maybe one or two testimonies. new job that was never posted that's, right. that's yep yep uh, anybody else Well, last week we talked, we started in Hebrews chapter 11, and, and we talked about this concept of faith, that it's, it's something that we throw around in church all the time. We pray for faith, we, we expect everybody just to have faith, um, but, but we talked about um, how Abraham and Jonah, and you remember we had people come up and we mapped out their stories of, of God called, and then there was faith, and then there was a good response, and then God called, and there was a negative response, and that was kind of their journeys of faith. 
We talked about how faith becomes something that we practice, just like doctors, they, they medicine, but they open a practice because every day it's stretching and growing and they're learning. Well, today I, I want our kids that are here to listen carefully because I'm going to need them in the middle of the sermon and I need them to be prepared. Um, but we're going to be, still be in Hebrews 11 today, uh, starting in verse 29, and we're going to read through the end and go into Hebrews 12, uh, verses 1 and 2, um, which pastors say this a lot, but Hebrews 12 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Um, and so, excited to get there with you today. Um, but you can stay seated. This is, this is a little lengthy uh, portion of Scripture here, but it, it seems important to leave it all all. All have it. So um, we're going to start in verse 29 of chapter 11. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on, as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, who quenched the fury of the flames and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. And into chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And for us today, church, this is the word of the Lord, and we can say, thanks be to God. Well, there's a lot of incredible stories in this section. The people of God walking through the Red Sea on dry land, that took faith for sure. I mean, they, they could see the waters parted, and they could see that they were held back, but imagine taking that first step. And maybe not even just the first step, because after the first step, you could always jump backwards. But once you got into the middle of that, man, the middle is tough. The walls of Jericho would have been, a, a, that's a true story full of faith. As they, if you remember a few months ago, Dustin telling Patty, just keep marching. They were probably questioning if they really believed this, if they really believed that this was going to happen. Rahab, she let the spies in to keep them safe. If you remember that story, her background and her current position in society was not good. 
but they didn't hinder her for being able to step out on faith. She didn't allow those things to become excuses for her. Then the author mentions a list of several more people who were full of faith. Verse 33 shows what their faith led them to. Conquering kingdoms, administering holy justice. We've heard that before. They have made promises. They shut the mouths of lions. So as we talked about last week, their faith led them into action. Some were to life and others suffered greatly in anticipation of resurrection. Some were put in prison and flogged. Some were killed by the sword. And it's in the scripture. It says that some were sawn in two. All I can think about is when magicians do that to people and you know it's not real. Mm, How gruesome. This is what acting on faith led to. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I, I have yet to really experience any of these kinds of persecutions because of my faith. Now, part, I think, honestly comes from where we live, right? We live in America where we have freedom of religion. We can talk about these things and legally and, and not get persecuted, um, just for naming Jesus. But part of me thinks that having freedom of speech might not be the full reason. I could use that as an excuse, but the other part of me wonders if maybe, just maybe, if I've yet to experience that persecution because I've not fully been obedient in sharing my faith. Has God called me to share my faith in situations that might stir the pot, but I've avoided those? Has God called me to do something that makes me nervous, but out of comfort, I have said no? Well, verse 39 goes on to say that these people did not receive the gift that they were working toward. Think of Moses, right? The promised land. Uh, We talked about this not too long ago, too, that Moses, you know, he tries to take credit at one point for what God did, and he doesn't make it to the promised land. His, His people do, his ancestors, they get there, but Moses doesn't get there. Think of David. David got all the instructions for the temple, and it was about to be go time, and what happens? He has to turn it over to Solomon. For things to begin. They were awarded for their faithfulness through resurrection, but not in the ways that they anticipated. Then we get to Hebrews 12. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. In this room today, church, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I hope you know that. Let this cloud be a reminder of the faithfulness of the God that has called us all to live lives of faith. But the beauty of the way that God designed things is that we're not just surrounded by the stories of the people that are in this room. But every time we come before the throne of God, we are joining in with the saints that have gone before us. And that is a great cloud of witnesses. We are not alone. We're joining in on the song that is already being sung around the throne. So what does the author call us to do? What is the benefit of this cloud? Let me point something out there that I didn't even mention last week. Hebrews is one of the few books in the Bible Bible that we're not really sure who wrote it, which is kind of ironic because it talks about having this great faith of, 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 you know, here's how to do it, here's here's all this, but they don't put their name on it. And so uh, scholars have thoughts that it could be this person and that person, but ultimately it's, it's not there, so we're not really sure. But they must have had some serious faith to be able to pin these words and to write them down and to share them. 
But the author, whoever they might be, tells us that we're surrounded by these witnesses because there is no doubt of what God can do amongst these that have been mentioned. Let us lay aside every weight and every sin that easily entangles us. Church, it doesn't take modern technology and science to see that sin easily entangles us. Even the author of Hebrews knew that it was just takes dabbing your foot into the water to be swept into the current. And we know that that's true. We've all experienced that with sin. We just give it a little room and we're, we're, we're overcome by it. Sin so easily entangles our lives. And if we're not careful, we get entangled and then we get used to walking around all tied up. It gets so easy that we can meet people and introduce ourselves and we can even come to church all tied up and people don't know any different. That there are some people that have only known us entangled in our sin and they have no idea that that's going on. We're so good at this. Now's the special time. I need the kids. I know Taylor's ready because I prepped her beforehand. Sam, you gonna come up here? All right, so I have to ask, what, do you ever see things get all tangled up? What gets up? Has your hair ever gotten tangled? Have you ever gotten bubble gum in your hair? How did you get the bubble gum out of your hair? Brushing it out, did it take a lot of brushing? Yeah, being tangled up can kind of, it, it just, it's, it's no fun. And did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt. What do you think about when you think of tangled up, Sam? Let me come down here that way. Controller wires, yeah. So even up here, we see a lot of cords and cables, and those can easily get tangled up. You know what always gets tangled up? Headphones, right? So I literally had these on playing music and I wrapped them up all neat and tidy and I put them in my pocket and it's been maybe 10 minutes and already they're tangled, right? I've got to work these out. Well, that's really frustrating, isn't it? And it slows us down. Well, let me try something else here. Hmm. You know what else gets tangled? extension cords now I'll be honest with you this morning these were not tangled up they were nice and organized so do you guys think you could untangle these in 30 seconds <laughs> a minute uh, let's let's see how far you can get in one minute okay all right so, so try to untangle that now adults I know that you've, you've probably got more things in mind. One of the things that I always think about getting tangled up, you go to get your Christmas lights out every season. You spend forever just getting them untangled and undone, and then normally about only half of them still work, right? So you spend all that time, and you can't plug them in tangled up because then you can't tell what's on what strand, so you have to untangle them. Well... And then the best part is then you create a new system, right? How many of us have been there? We're like, all right, when it's time to put the decorations up, like 
back into the shed or in the attic. I'm going to get a new system. So whether it's December 26th, January 1, or the middle of March, whenever you take your Christmas decorations down, no judgment here, you think, okay, I've got a new system. I'm going to use zip ties, or I'm going to clip them, or I'm going to put them in bins, right? And then the following year, they've sat in your attic all year, and what happens? They're tangled. There's just no way around it. All right, guys, how much? You're making progress. Sam's almost got the whole. Okay, you guys can stop because it's going to take a little while because I really knotted that up for you. Didn't want you to be able to do it in a minute. So what, what might be the quickest way to untangle this? What do you think? Yeah, Joe's, Joe's, Joe's thought was good. We could just buy a new extension cord, right? But you see, all this work that it takes, and, and they're working hard. They're like, they, that, that's been a solid like two minutes already that they're just going at it. And you know, smaller hands are helpful for these kind of things. All right, you guys can stop. You, you can stop because you're not going to get there. And, and I need, and, but so, I, I, but I want you guys to see something. That in, when it comes to sin in our lives, so, sometimes we think that, oh, we're just a little tangled up like a pair of headphones. See this? I can untangle this in just a few seconds, right? I can wiggle this way, wiggle that way. And, you know, my headphones are about good. But sometimes we think that we're just a little tangled up in sin like this, right? 30 seconds worth. But when we get used to being tangled up in sin and we're not, we're not aware of it, this is what happens, is that our life becomes chaos because we're not doing God, what God has called us to do, right? Sin just tangles everything up, and it slows us down. This is heavy. I mean, this is, this is a lot of weight. These cords separately, they're not that heavy, but all tangled up in a mess, it's a mess, right? Yeah. And so God... Yeah, two, two different colors even helps you see that it's two, but what God can do is God can take our tangled mess and he can, he can redeem it, meaning God can make this untangled instantly. But I'm not a magician, so I can't. But God can take our tangled mess and when we have faith, God can remove the sin from our lives. So thank you guys for, for, for working at this. If, yes. if you want to... Yes, after church, you can untangle them. Thank you very much. We do need them untangled. But do, do, I think we can all attest to the fact that this is reality at some point in our lives. That we are so tangled up that we don't know where to start. But if need be, if I needed to use one of these cords in this very moment, I could still plug in one end, and I could plug something into it, and it, it would do its job, but it would still be a tangled mess, and it wouldn't, it, it'd be dangerous, honestly. I heard a woman talking on a video this week. Are you guys familiar with Sadie Robinson, Duck Dynasty? You remember her? Uh, well, she's not a kid anymore. Now she's an adult and a speaker, and... But I heard her telling a story this week on a video that she, um, 
her and her now husband, when they were still dating, uh, they, they were just sitting somewhere having dinner or something, and a picture came up on her phone of her boyfriend and another girl, and her boyfriend had his arm around the girl. And so she was obviously concerned and said, what is this? And her response was, his response was, I told her not to post that. That is not the right response. <laughs> no matter what, that is not the right response. And so Sadie said she was obviously mad. It upset, and that hurt her. And she said they, they just they kind of fought over it and bickered about it for several weeks even. And she said she just got to where she was like, okay, they've been friends since elementary school. It was just a friend thing. She was moving. It's not that big a deal. I forgive him. We'll move on. And she did. Well, like eight, ten months later, something like that, she is asleep on the couch in the middle of the day. She said she just needed a little nap, so she falls asleep. And her soon-to-be husband comes and wakes her up and says, Hey, I, I got to tell you something. she thinks okay like is it something about the wedding they were just a few weeks out from getting married and, and he said I never told her not to post the picture and she just looked at him like what what are you talking about what? oh oh yeah like eight months ago that whole fiasco yeah yeah well if, if you didn't tell her not to post it why did you say that he said I just didn't want you to be hurt and it was my first response and that's just how it came out and I was worried about hurting you and we've talked about it and argued about it and fussed about it so much that I started to believe that I actually said it and he said I, but I didn't it just came to me that in all reality I never even said that but for eight months, I've been defending my position that didn't even happen. This is what happens when sin entangles us. It becomes so normal to us that we don't even know the difference. That we just, we're just this sinful person and, and, and we can put on our charm and we can act like it's normal reality... But when we're put in the light of Christ and God searches us and says, no, that is not the reality. That is not true. And I think today, in, in, in not only our lives, but in our society, we're, we're seeking truth. But nobody wants to name truth anymore. And, and, and there is truth. And that truth is a man named Jesus Christ. And so when sin easily, so easily entangles us, and if we're not careful, we begin to believe a reality that is not true. And so for some of us today, our reality is that we are just this bad person, and nothing's going to help it. God still loves me, but I'm just a bad person, and that is my reality. And today, I want to tell you that is not the truth. That is a lie that you have allowed to become your reality because sin has entangled you. And, and in a way, I'm preaching to the choir, but in a way, I also feel like in a group this size, we came in bearing sin today. 
And we need the light of Christ to shine upon us and untangle us from that sin and say, you are not walking in this weight anymore, but you are walking in freedom. What I really wanted to do today was to have somebody tie me up and preach the entire sermon in like this, because as you know, I talk with my hands. And so for me, this would have become my reality. And it's not that God comes and just begins to unravel the very bottom stream and takes God's time. But when we fully surrender as a people of faith, God just brings in, for some of us, it's a pocket knife. And for some of us, God needs the jaws of life to pry the sin out of our lives. But God can do it. <laughs> You're too big for the God that's present in this room today. So we're just going to stop right here. <laughs> I don't know what's next in my notes, but we're just going to be done right here. And, and I think that we need to confess sin today. And you're probably thinking, oh, great, that's not why I came to church today. But church, you're not the only one in here entangled in sin. Sin it so easily entangles us that we don't even realize it. So maybe today you can't even name the sin in your life. But I want to invite you to look at Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and to look at where you're at, and to realize that there's a difference. And in that difference, there is sin that only God can pry us from. Because when we are pride-free, then we can run the race with perseverance. But some of us have been tied up and trying to run for a long time, and we're exhausted. When the sin no longer entangles us, we can faithfully pursue what God is calling us to. Whew. That's heavy. And it's a lot. But let me tell you today, for God, it is not hard. God has already defeated sin and is inviting you into that victory Karen, could you come and play something? Um, I, just, I, I just want us to spend a few moments here thinking about how tied up we are, what sin looks like in your life. And I invite you to, to these altars, maybe to just bow at your seat. But to come forward and say, Lord, I am yours. Cleanse, purify, make me who you want me to be more and more each and every day. Because I know that God is not calling you to be a person that's set back by sin. But God is calling you to be a person who has been freed from that and is running the race with perseverance. So let God to seek us, to search us, to free us from sin today.
God, we come before you today recognizing that you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Father, the one who saw all of these through their race. And God, forgive us for the ways in which we're trying to just run this race and, and we're tangled up. We're tied up in sin and sin is, is, is keeping us from doing what you've called us to do. God, we're thankful today that, that you have the power to free us from the grips of sin. Lord, for each of us, that, that might look different, that, that might look oh, like, like sexual immorality, it might look like lust, it might look like hatred, it might look like anger, it might look like uh, just our, our nature of, of doing things that are against you, Father. It, it could look like so many things, habits that that are harming our bodies. Our bodies that you have called us to take care of. Father, today we're, we might come in this place exhausted from bearing our sin, from being tangled up. But thank you, thank you, thank you for the power of, of the cross and of resurrection that says, sin does not have the final word. your holy justice reigns true in our hearts and our lives. God, I pray that, that in, in any way that sin has crept into our church, Father, that, that it would just be no more, that we would be freed from that, Father, that in, in our thinking and in, in our relationships and connecting with you and connecting with our neighbor and connecting with, with our congregation members, Father, would you just allow sin to not have a place amongst this body? Because we want to be so sold out, running the race, not held back. And Father, when we're discouraged, may we look at the great cloud of witnesses around us that says that you are faithful and that even when we are lacking, you remain faithful. Father, we thank you today for grace. Lord, I need your grace today. We all need a special touch of your grace to remind us that these lies that we've been believing are not our reality, but they are just something that we've listened to for so long that we've thought that it was reality. But help us to see that you have marked us and give us truth.
Father, forgive us for the ways in which sin has become our normal. Sanctify us today. Set us apart. Make us a new creation in you that continues being made new every day. In which sin is not an ingredient of who we are, but holiness is. Father, we thank you today for your spirit that is meeting with us and searching us and cleansing us. Father, may we know that we have met with you today. my prayer that you don't leave here today entangled there's a better way there's a better way Lord grant us grace and peace today as we go from this place to be a people sanctified made holy God a people who aren't walking around tied up but God that we go around sharing with others that there's a better way as you carry us, direct us, make us whole. We ask this in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, I feel like we need to sing something, Karen. Why do we need to sing? What? If you'll just play with the chords you were playing. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to Take joy, take joy, my King, in what you hear. May it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. Would you go from this place today as a people not entangled by sin, but a people set free? by the grace of Jesus. Amen. Go in his grace and peace.